Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. I see London, I see France. I'm not going to finish that sentence, but I'll let you know what today's show is about right after an introduction to those of you if you're new. Welcome. This is a podcast all about how some of the most interesting or innovative brands of today are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic. And that word is especially true today. I am on with Heidi Zack. She's the co-founder and CEO of a brand called Third Love. Now, Third Love plays in the bra and underwear category, and it stems from an experience that Heidi herself had when shopping within this category that allowed her to found this brand. So it's an authentic journey, truly in the reflection of the values and also operationally through the way things are done. So that's why I lean really heavily into the A word for today's show. And we also learn about some very recent and relevant ways in which Third Love is giving back to its community and empowering female leaders and female leaders of color through something called the TL effect. It's a really wonderful way to give back and certainly a reflection of a brand standing up for values. And we also have a really interesting story today about how one customer in particular became essential to the brand's development. It's a particularly notable story of all of the stories we've told on the show so far about a woman named Hope. So I hope that you get excited for that. I'll step out of the way for right now and I'm gonna let you hear all about this. You might even know about the brand you may have shopped there before. Now hear from its founder. This is our conversation from today with from Third Love, Heidi Zack. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am here with Heidi Zack, co-founder and CEO of Third Love. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? As I understand it, you're enjoying Napa. Wow, isn't that great? Yep, trying to get out of the city for a little little break <laughs> this summer. Yeah. yeah. Aren't we all? We all just need a little, a little break from everything that's going on, but of course, remaining mindful about what's important, and that's part of the conversation that we'll have today. And also, I need to start with a bit of an admission, which is that I was not an expert in the category in which you play. So if we could start off, because I'm probably not the core consumer that you have, and talk a little bit about why you start Third Love, where does it play, and... Um, what, what keeps you excited about it today? Can we start there? Yeah. So I had the idea for Third Love when I was working at Google and went on a bra shopping trip to the mall. And uh, this was back in 2012. And I did what I always did, which was go to Victoria's Secret and have a subpar shopping experience with bright lights and the smells of perfume and different... Um, you know, sales associates coming up to me and kind of grabbed 20 bras, tried them on, settled for one that didn't really fit. And um, as I walked out of the store with the pink striped bag, I took the bag and I put it into the bag I was carrying because I was so embarrassed to be shopping at that, that brand at the store. And that was really my aha moment of like, wow, I'm spending money for an experience that I don't like for product that's not great. And at a brand that I'm embarrassed to be shopping at. So I went home and I did a lot of research of bra companies and really realized there wasn't a lot of options and certainly not options that were online. And so that was the genesis of the idea for Third Love. And really, Third Love was built on kind of three pillars, I would say. The first was better product in more sizes to fit more women. So we have 84 bra sizes, including half cup bras. We're the only brand in the world that has them. And 
that compares to an average bra brand that has around 30 or 35. So that was one piece. The second piece was really a really easy online shopping experience. So we're 100% direct to consumer. And we have a fit finder that 17 million women have done to find their size. And the last piece is really a brand that is kind of, I would say, all-encompassing and hopefully a brand where women see third love and they can see themselves as part of the brand. And we really target women, not men. And from the very early days of third love, that was our mission, was really to help women feel comfortable and confident in their everyday lives. Well, of course, and it sounds like it's been going uh, swimmingly well. That first off, having that product mix that is more uh, custom, more accessible than maybe what you see typically. I haven't heard of that in uh, in sort of undergarment before. I've definitely heard about it in shoes. Like, oh, we have a half size here, half size there. And when I first heard about it, I thought it was pretty interesting. But obviously, there's so much more than that when it comes to getting uh, the perfect fit. In fact, anybody who's looking to shop in this category, if you go to thirdlove.com, the first thing that pops up is let's get your perfect fit because everybody's got a different one. You know what this also reminds me of a little bit is to just speak to your initial experience that launched this idea, getting to a more inclusive uh, product, one which embraces all body types and all types of people is something which I'm surprised it's taken this long to just develop in the market. I'm glad that you've done it. Another area where I've heard about this is in uh, is in the bridal space, where similarly, you have a lot of ads and marketing, and, and as the founders of that organization, Brideside, I don't know if you've heard of that organization, told me on this show, full of very bright lights and sample size models in these sort of like gossamer wedding dresses. Oh, aren't they so beautiful? But that doesn't really explain everybody, does it? In fact, it doesn't even explain the majority of people. So the fact that you're able to do that here with Third Love and in a way which is directly in response to viewer experience is uh, is really interesting. And I think probably the first iteration of today, how we think about building brands in an authentic manner, because you are just relying on your own experiences and standing up for values which you believe in and have changed an industry about. All right, enough of the posturing. I got to talk about something that just dropped today, which is the TL effect. Now, where I was going to go with this before this morning's announcement was I was going to ask about what, how are you all doing good right now, given all of uh, the things going on in the world and specifically in the U.S., now hearing about this effort, which is an entrepreneurial program to support women of color, supporting early stage companies. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? It sounds very exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited about the program. When the Black Lives Matters movement really started, you know, a month or two ago at this point, we as a company, um, you know, we're a pretty diverse company and we built this company, Third Love, around inclusivity. So diversity and um, equality is, is something that is very true to our brand and our beliefs. And so we wanted to find a way that we could really give back as a company that would be that would, that would continue on over time, that wouldn't just be kind of a one-time thing, but something that could impact um, communities and, and um, allow us to make an impact for the foreseeable future. So the idea for TL Effect was really to say, if we can help other female founders of color in particular, in the early days of a company where it's so hard to figure out how to raise money, um, how to build a company, um, et cetera, that we could really impact the creating a better future, not just for this one entrepreneur, but for all the people she would impact if her company is successful. So 
we're giving a monetary grant, we're giving mentoring um, from our third love team on any aspect um, that a woman needs. Uh, my co-founder and I will help her with fundraising, and then we'll be promoting her brand on Third Love's channel. So we have obviously a significant following through email and social platforms. And so we'll really be highlighting um, the entrepreneur we choose and her company to help her build customers and brand awareness. So super exciting that the, the um, applications are closing the end of the month, and then we'll pick the entrepreneur and we'll kick it off in Q4. And we'll do that once per quarter going forward. Wow. That is certainly a fantastic way to be able to give back and, and, and to be right in the heart of where these issues are. Now, of course, yes, uh, Black Lives Matter taken on a resurgence in, in, in that movement uh, spurned by events. But, you know, just broadly speaking, like empowering women has become something, again, which I think for a lot of people are surprised it hasn't happened so strongly until, let's say, just the past couple of years, especially the last year or two. So to know that you're leading from the front and being able to affect through the effect is pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear about that. And I'm sure it will create tons of excellent stories that you'll be able to share. I'm glad there's a mechanism for doing that. And my guess is that if we were to have another conversation in six, nine months or a year, you'd be able to tell me all about some of the fantastic businesses that have been supported through that and that have grown through that. Um, it's on that note, storytelling of people who are helped and want to share that story that I ask my next question. Because this inclusive line in a way that creates better experience for people, especially in the intimate category, has got to be something which is, whether you like it or not, I don't want to say emotional, but certainly evokes emotion, right? You put the bag in another bag because you were embarrassed about the brand you were at. Well, certainly people aren't embarrassed about shopping at Third Love. In fact, I imagine they want to spread that love as far as possible. And that sharing is going on all over the place, whether you see it or whether you don't see it, whether it's on social or whether it's in a text message. What I'm curious to know is how you get to take advantage of all these stories that you know are happening all over the place and leveraging that groundswell. It's one of the core explorations of this show is to learn how brands do that and the ultimate goal to see how authentic influence is driven from it. I'm curious to know from you some of the ways in which you encourage those environments to be fostered. Can we start there? How, how, do, you, how do you harness the lightning in that way? I think the most important thing when you're building a brand is to listen and connect with your customers because you have this audience of consumers who have purchased from you who maybe had a great experience, maybe have some feedback to give you. And so really listening and then thinking through how you can incorporate some of that as you build a brand is really important. And I can give a tangible example of this. And it really relates Please. to, you know, our what you see in our marketing. So from the early days of Third Love, we tried to showcase women who were more realistic than what I would call traditional models and lingerie advertising, which are, you know, very thin women with doing a pillow fight with like three people in a bedroom, like things, things that maybe aren't the norm. Um, and really think about how do we showcase real women? How do we showcase women of different ethnicities, of different sizes, et cetera? And one of the learnings was about probably three years ago now, a customer named Hope sent us an email and she attached a photo of herself in one of our best-selling bras, our 24-7 bra. And Hope said, I'm a huge, third, a huge third love fan. I've been a customer for a year. I got your catalog, our, our, our mailer, in, in the mail today. 
And I was flipping through it and I didn't see anyone over the age of 30 in here. And I'm 55 and I look and feel great. Like, where am I represented? And that email got sent to me and we we're like, wow, she's really right. We have a significant portion of our customers over the age of 40. We don't showcase models of that age, anything above 40, and we should. And so we actually said to Hope, that's, you're totally right. We need to do, do better. And by the way, how about you look great and you send us a photo in your bra. How about you come up here to San Francisco and model for our website and social and um, our next catalog? And so we actually flew Hope up from Southern California to our office in San Francisco and she did a photo shoot with us. And since then, we've been really, really cognizant, not just of having diversity of ethnicity and size, but also of life stager of age. And so those moments of really understanding who your customer is, what you're showcasing, and then making sure and you learn and grow is, is hugely important. And that came from a customer. Straight from a customer. That is one of the most, um, I guess, like a singular case of like one of the most involved ways in which you got a customer's feedback specifically involved in the development of a brand. And I hear this a lot on the show, of course. Well, we love to take in the opinions of, of consumers and make sure that it directly impacts product strategy and how we build things. But that is a particularly dramatic example of how you're able to take one person's, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. And guess what? Now you're going to be the face of that answer. Like how engaged about that person's never going to shop anywhere else, right? Or at least someone can get in this category. And I bet you that hope there is not a single person that hope knows that doesn't know that she did that now. Cause she went and she shared that out with a hundred people right? And you shared it out with a million or uh, millions, yep. right? Oh, what a, what a wonderful way to, to be building it from the ground up. And it's that essence. It's those sorts of stories. Listeners, check that this story is, it exemplifies what we look for when we talk about authentic influence. That is cool. Um, so thank you for telling me that story. And you know what the next question was going to be? The next question was going to be, how do you collect after, after collecting all these stories, how do you like leverage them out? How do you how do you make sure that people see that? How do you amplify it? And well, that story had the best of both worlds there. I'm curious on a more day to day because while you can't fly everybody out to San Francisco right now, you can't really fly anybody anywhere. I'm curious, what are some of the ways in which the people who are just, you know, maybe they are uh, in a represented group right now. I would imagine most people are in a represented group and they're talking about it broadly uh, or sharing it on social. How do you like take advantage of that and, and amplify those stories as well, just so that you have a little bit of scale with it? Yeah, I mean, testimonials and, and customer content is something we really leverage mostly on social platforms, on digital platforms. That's a really easy place. Uh, and in particular, you know, the platform for Instagram and Instagram stories has really given us a way to highlight different groups at any moment in time, really in a very reactive and fluid way. So for example, um, during the beginning part of um, the coronavirus pandemic, I'm talking about, you know, April, um, when it all started, um, right. we, we launched a program to donate bras and underwear to female workers on the front lines, so doctors and nurses on the front lines. And we donated thousands of um, products to them, new, new bras and underwear, so that they could be really comfortable as they were helping others, um, you know, survive, hopefully. And um, we also then highlighted some of those nurses and doctors in emails that we sent in content that we created in a blog post in social to really tell the story both of our customers, how we give back, 
and then what amazing work these women are doing. So, so there's always this constant tie-in of like our product, what the amazing things women do. And then we have a very large donation program. So we are the largest donator of bras in the country. We've donated over $20 million worth of products since inception. And so we're always thinking about where's the need the greatest and how do we leverage our donation program to go and, and help where we can um, as things occur. Wow. Well, I, I'm so glad that you are able to take advantage of this way and, and to be able to react very quickly to, uh, to what's going on on the ground. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad you, you're actively thinking about that, right? I mean, this is truly to, to use the pun, the best way to spread the love is to take advantage of those who already are. And um, on other ways to do that, and if I can tiptoe back into doing good, and uh, the TL effect is obviously a, a great manifestation of this, but I would love to know, instead of, and, and sometimes I ask on the show about how to invest in being purpose-driven. Well, it seems pretty clear. It seems that you've just done that, just this morning have an announcement to back that claim up. But I'm curious, what are some of the elements, and perhaps we can think about the way in which you build brands and think about ways to give back, what are some of the critical elements that perhaps the listeners of this show or anybody building a brand should consider when wondering how to invest in being purpose-driven? Maybe we can start with how do you define being purpose-driven as a brand? And the reason I ask is because it's, well, it's kind of, it, unfortunately, it's become a bit cliche. People, I think, are doing a lot more reacting than being proactive there. But um, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. So when I think of purpose, purpose is why, why do I get up every day as the CEO of Third Love and come to work? Why does my team do that? Right? What are we doing to make the world a better place? And so when I think of purpose, it's really for any company, you really want to think about, you know, what is driving you and your team and, and what, you're, what you're putting out there in the world. Um, and so I think purpose and mission are, in essence, kind of one and the same. So as I, as I said, our, our mission is really to help women feel comfortable and confident in their everyday lives because we believe if women aren't fidgeting with their bra or they're not uncomfortable, that means they can focus on being a better teacher, a better partner, a better CEO, a better mom, whatever it may be, um, really just allowing her to have that freedom. And so... Purpose comes from really understanding who you are and why you do what you do every single day. What is the big calling that you're, you set out to, to, um, to do to make the world a better place? That's how I view it. Interesting. I'm so glad that you, that you have that perspective. Um, as I had mentioned, I think that folks maybe, and you know what this maybe is in, Heidi, is that maybe this is more of a truth in those brands and names that are legacy in nature, that built itself in other ways. And while, of course, imagine that purpose is important, it is not central to what they do. And what I often find is that folks who are starting businesses in direct disruption of that, based on grievances with a particular experience that they had, much in the way it seems that the story around the founding of Third Love came to fruition, that idea becomes intertwined with the mission from the very beginning. I've noticed that recently in the last couple of weeks of conversations that I've had, and it's good to hear that reflected in your perspective as well. I'd like to keep the ball rolling, actually. Actually, I'd like to roll it to its final destination, at least for this show, which is our round out question. Listeners know what this is. This is our advice column. Heidi, I can't let you go here without also asking about your thoughts 
on top tips towards another word that in some ways maybe have become cliche in the last year or two, which is authenticity. So many ways to look at that. Is it a filter? Is it a reflection? It's up to everybody to decide for themselves. But ultimately, I love to ask the people who come on this show to give their advice as to how to become more authentic in the way that they message, in the way that they go to market, in the way that they build a brand, because there are people who listen to this show who are actively building brands themselves, people who are working at large brands. Heck, maybe people who are working at the brand from which you had the experience which caused you to found Third Love, and generally they emulate the journeys of the people who appear. So I gotta ask, as a round out to this conversation, what is your general advice, whether it be elucidated by a story or a piece of advice from a mentor or even a mistake made, about how to become more authentic in the way that you work? Yeah, this is a really fantastic question. And it's actually a word that is very near and dear to me as a person. I think authenticity, both as a brand, but even more importantly, as a leader, is one of the most important traits you can possess today, especially in the environment that we're all living in. And so I think in order to have a, an authentic brand, you need an authentic leader. And authenticity comes from being really clear about who you are and what your purpose is and articulating that to your team as you build a company, as you build a brand. Because I think without that, um, it will come off as hollow. And I think we can all think of examples where brands may try to be authentic and it falls flat. And a lot of times it's because it isn't truly authentic to either the leader or the company. It's, it's a marketing campaign. And there's a big difference between a marketing campaign and then being authentic. Um, and so at Third Love, really, I, I try as a leader to be very authentic with, you know, talking about why we do what we do, what the business goals are, and making sure that we do something that's hugely important in one of our, our values at Third Love. And that value is putting customers first. So when we think about authenticity, if the only thing, if the only lens a teammate uses to make a decision is to put a third love customer first, on average, we're going to make a better decision. We're going to make a more authentic decision and we're going to make a decision that resonates more with our customer. So to me, it's really, it's a really tangible, um, a really tangible word that can actually drive almost every decision you make as a company and a business. I love exploring this word because as I've realized, it takes on so many different definitions and also people just look at it in unique ways. And of course, in order to build that authentic brand, you have to have the authentic leader to start. And as I said at the very top, you know, that word, some folks have called it the A word. I think that's a funny way to put it. Um, that it was born in the very first moment that you had with third love before you even knew third love was third love. And I think that that is wonderful. It's pervasive. It's pervasive through what you've done to build the brand. It's pervasive in the values that you hold, like inclusivity. It's pervasive in the efforts like the effect that you have. And, and listeners, I will also put a link to that in our show notes. And so even though I am not in your core demographic, I can appreciate what you're doing and how you are changing that industry for the better. And hopefully, as I'm sure you're hopeful as well, people start to have more experiences with that category through you that are not so pressurized or uh, or embarrassing. And thank you for doing that on behalf of all of your consumers. For that, for the advice you've given, for the stories you've told and all that, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Heidi, it was great to have you. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you so much to Heidi Zach from Third Love for joining the show today. Really loved talking with you. Loved hearing about the story and how you're upending some of those other players and best of luck to you going forward. 
If you enjoyed today's show, I got something special for you. It's this website right here. Ready? Podcast.vavoom.co. This conversation times like 120. Got them right over there. Learn from some of the most brilliant founders and CEOs and chief marketing officers out there today about how they think about these subjects. Not just peer marketing, but also how to mobilize the masses, how to use the consumer's voice as your own, how to personify a brand. How do you do that? You tune into my show. That's what you do. And you can also find this on LinkedIn, Authentic Influence Podcast, the showcase page there, as well as my personal profile, Adam Connor. Connect with me, make a recommendation. Who should I talk to next? What's another brand personified in a particularly authentic way? Whose story needs to be shared? I need to know. I also need to go. I got to come back with another story real soon of a brand who's mobilizing its masses and becoming more authentic along the way and bring it to you. So without further ado, I'll go. But for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.